NFL free agency has shaken up the fantasy football landscape. Who are the winners and who are the losers? All this and more on tonight's In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Cause I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the funk, check your stat line, see who's up, that over, under, hit too clutch. And I'm trying to avoid getting carried away with the jet sweet, sleeping on a trick play, predicting all of my moves like they seen every play, so I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way, and it's for the law with only one thing to do, I guess I'll say a prayer and put it all on the line for you with they Just one thing to say, yeah, what they don't know. Something they haven't seen. I'm off that mean Joe Green. It's got me fading between. And I got, and I got. The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. All right, all right, all right. It is March 14th, 2023. NFL free agency has shaken up fantasy football. We're going to get into the nuts and bolts of it all tonight. Darren Waller, he's a giant. The New York Jets just got a little bit friskier with Alan Lazar joining the squad. And we're just getting some breaking news here on the show. Dave Montgomery, now a Detroit Lion. We're going to break it all down and more tonight. Excited to chat with uh, everyone in the chat tonight, tuning in live, or if you're listening to the audio recorded version, thank you guys for joining us so much. Seth Wilcock back here on the In Between Fantasy Football podcast, and I'm joined by a man who wrote just yesterday that he believes tight end Jawan Johnson is about to set the big easy on fire. Straight quotes there from Nate. Strong take aside. We are also thrilled to welcome back to the podcast Matt Ward of Brodo Fantasy and DFF. Matt, how are you doing on this uh, evening? I know you're up there in Canada, but down here in the U.S., uh, we are now at the time where it doesn't get dark at 6 p.m. anymore. So vibes are high as we head into this fantasy football offseason frenzy, my friend. How are you? I'm feeling pretty good, man. Yeah, it's starting to get a little lighter out in the evening, so that's good to see. Good to see the hopefully no more false spring. (laughs) Um, Yeah, happy to be here. It's always fun joining you guys. This is one of my favorite places to be, so. I appreciate it, man. You're bringing the good vibes for us today. Nate, how are you doing? A little under the weather last week. Are you back in the saddle? Ready to hit it hard here? I'm feeling much better. And man, these first couple days, while some of the free agency stuff has been, we've seen a lot of like shoring up lines, shoring up defenses, but we're about to get into the bread and butter of it here in the next couple of days. And like, man, some of these signings have just been nuts. So we've got a lot to talk about. I'm really stoked. Yeah, we got our guy Kyle, audio editor extraordinaire, in the background tonight. Kyle, you're holding on to your last hope of Aaron Rodgers remaining a Packer. How are you with uh, all that news considered here today? Honestly, I'm kind of indifferent. If he goes, he goes. If he stays, he stays. I, I don't care at this point. It's gone on long enough. Okay. I mean, you've got Jordan Love. What are you worried about? 
Yeah, it'll be all right. Yeah. It'll be all right, Kyle. <laughs> we're sending we're sending you good vibes. We're sending the entire IBT family good vibes. Got Albert in the chat already saying good evening. We got Didi in the chat saying hello as well. Good to see you both tonight. Hope you guys are staying warm here. Uh, we're loaded, guys. Absolutely loaded. We're going to talk about these uh, breakdowns from day one and day two of the legal tampering period. We're going to take a look around the rumor mill right now. Austin Eckler, could he be on the move? A lot of running back movement possibly coming your way. And we'll round it out with uh, a free agency edition of Ring of Fire. That's our drinking slash uh, little, little improv game that we like to play here. And want to welcome in Dave, Toronto Dave in the chat as well. Good to see you, our friend. We appreciate you tuning in. Boy. And guys, we are still running the Keyshawn Nixon giveaway. He just signed back. He will be with the Packers. So if you want to get on that, Kyle's going to drop that in the chat, the link that you can get in on that giveaway. You just got to subscribe to the channel. Subscribe to the channel and then go here and just click yes. Drop your e email and we'll make sure we enter you in that. We want someone to win it. Right now we got one. We got one entrance. So that person is winning 100%. So if you're if you're the next person in, Matt, if, if you want to enroll, you got a 50-50 shot at this chance. I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> let's go, baby. Keyshawn Nixon, excited to have him back. Guys, let's go ahead and jump into it here. Let's waste no more time and get into a little bit of front and center sometimes taking every step out the door is the hardest thing to do give it a chance you'll be begging for more save the spot just for you we're all somewhere in between how about you come to the just place try to have some fun ain't gotta worry about something for what it means come and give me another cause the night is young all right breaking news it didn't stop here as soon as i woke up i was getting some alerts and it's been all the way up to the show now we're trying to stay caught up but i think there's no bigger fantasy football news today than las vegas tight end darren waller trade to the new york giants gentlemen for pick number 100 essentially this is Kadarius tony for darren waller is what this comes back to it's exciting daniel jones we talked about him last week he got the bag they're adding pieces already around him but should we mind the height, Matt? Because Waller only only uh, played over 60% of his games the last two seasons uh, and only had over three TDs once in his career as well. Uh, however, this is the tight end two and the tight end three from 2019-2020. Does Waller still have it here in New York, you think? I, I actually love this landing spot, and I, I think it's one of the better ones for him in free agency. There's so many holes in that wide receiver room that this is a de facto wide receiver signing. They can only do so much in the draft with the capital that they have, and obviously giving this pickup is going to diminish some of those choices as well, um, especially when it comes to bolstering their wide receiver room. We've seen Jacoby Myers, who I'm sure we'll get into, find a home, and Alan Lazard yeah. find a home now. So those are essentially the two biggest wide receiver signings on the free agent market as well. The wide receiver free agency market is thin. Yeah, I do think Darren Waller still has some juice. And even if he doesn't, as far as my dynasty perspective mind goes, this certainly boosts his value up. Um, and if you're of the mind that he doesn't have any juice left, then this is probably a good time to cash out as the market is adjusting. Yeah, great point there. From a redraft perspective, Nate, where do you rank Darren Waller? Um, to me, he's obviously behind the big four at the top. Uh, however you want to stack them, Travis Kelsey being in the top of that list, Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, and uh, George Kittle, I think, would be that top four group. Does he slate in right around that group, or is he down another tier for you? 
you know, I might put him in that tier ahead of Kyle Pitts if we're going to talk about it because they just signed Johnny Smith in Atlanta, which may have no bearing on Kyle Pitts because they're two fairly different players. But, dude, Waller's upside. He's the only elite receiver that Daniel Jones has. And we know he's an elite receiver. And, yeah, there is concerns. He hasn't played a full season other than those two seasons, 2019, 2020. But when he's on the field, he's productive. In 2021, he missed six games, but he still had 93 targets. So if he's somewhat on the field, I want a part of him. He was tight in 17 in 2021, missing those games. He's effective when he's healthy. If he can stay healthy in New York, and he's got help because they've got Daniel Bellinger, who's a legitimate tight end too, unlike Foster Moreau, who just didn't get a ton of usage. I think they can keep him healthy, and I think even maybe splitting some time with Daniel Bellinger, it won't be much. Bellinger's going to see a massive dip. Waller could be a top four tight end. He He's definitely a tight end one. There's no question with this. Okay. I think I still honestly would have him behind Evan Ingram right now as well. Um, I think I put Evan Ingram in my top five. Kyle Pitts probably rounding out that top five. I think Waller's right next there to me. Uh, Matt, where does this put Daniel Jones for you? Are you moving him up your rankings at all? Sterling Shepard, for whatever it means, he is back as well in a one-year deal. Good to see that they, they brought him back, did him of service, I feel like. I will say that Sterling Shepard is genuinely one of like the saddest stories in the NFL. Oh yeah. He's so uber talented man. And it's just, ne- his body has just never allowed him to string it together cons- consistently. Um, it doesn't move the mu- needle much for me with Daniel Jones, to be honest, because what I like about Daniel Jones is his rushing upside and how it's always overlooked as far as his cost equivalency. Um, yes. so I want to continue to see Daniel Jones progress as a passer. Absolutely. And th- this certainly helps that department. But as far as like, overvaluing Daniel Jones now. I think the contract kind of says how they feel about him and his continued production, you know, that we saw at the QB1 season we just saw under Brian Dayball. But it doesn't move the needle much for me with Daniel Jones. I, I like Daniel Jones in general, so I should yeah. probably put that in the forefront. Is I'm right. probably a little higher on him than consensus. Um, so it doesn't really, yeah. I think right now he's in that back-end QB1 conversation with some upside. I think he stays in that conversation with the addition of Waller. Dave in the chat saying uh, Waller doesn't move the pickle for him. So uh, (laughs) I totally understand that. Let's talk about the other side of this coin now, and it is the Las Vegas Raiders. They signed Jimmy Garoppolo to a three-year, $72.5 million deal for Jimmy G. Stays out on the West Coast, and they also roll in Jacoby Myers from New England. Three years, thirty-three millions for for the guy who hadn't had a t- career touchdown up until twenty twenty-two. So, really cool story here, Nate. I want to go back to you. Is Jimmy G anything more than a QB two in his only two seasons? He has remained healthy for the majority of the seasons, and he's been a QB two in those seasons. Obviously, rejoins Josh McDaniel's system, so he has some familiarity there with New England. He doesn't have to learn a whole new playbook. Uh, how do you feel, Jimmy G, uh, with the Raiders? No Waller though. This is essentially a swap, right? It's Derek Carr for Jimmy Garoppolo. Essentially the same quarterback. I actually like Derek Carr a little bit more than I like Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it's a downgrade in some ways for them. He doesn't get the ball down the, he doesn't get the ball down the field as well. And it was noted that Devontae Adams best season was his lowest ADOT season in green Bay. So maybe that's good. But what I'm seeing this team do is what Josh McDaniels did when he was in Denver. He's making all these flashy moves, but he's not 
there's no cohesiveness to what he's doing. It's like, he's doing things to do things. He's bringing in these old new England guys who Bill Belichick was fine getting rid of. And why was he fine getting rid of them? I mean, one man's trash is another man's treasure, I guess, but I just don't, this Vegas team is going to be another five, six win team, maybe seven with Jimmy G maybe. Matt, are you excited at all about Jimmy G heading to Vegas? Would you be investing him in super flex leagues, uh, two quarterback leagues, and or his uh, receiving options here? I mean, receiving options, I think you can maybe a little bit of spike to Hunter Renfro with no Waller um, there. And and again, not not that Waller has been overly healthy, but Matt Collins is also on the market as well. So I, I think Renfro could probably see maybe a little bit of positive regression there. Investing in Devontae Adams, I think, is the wrong move in general, especially mm-hmm. when you're talking about cost. Um, he's It's very, very difficult to rank him outside of the top 15 wide receivers, whether it be Dynasty or Redraft, because he's built the resume to earn that respect and that m- market insulation. Um, but at this juncture in his career, there, even if the production is there, like eventually there will be decline and there will be regression. I, I agree with Nate in the sense that I think... Derek Carr is a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo and probably a little more fantasy friendly for that Raiders offense in general as well. Um, I'm not very, I guess I'm most excited about Josh Jacobs. Like they're going to just continue to run the piss out of that football. Yeah. 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 And and they were working on a long time term deal there for Josh Jacobs as well. So something to keep in mind. I think to me, it, it, it ups the touchdown equity that we could see out of these wide receivers because we know Derek Carr historically has a low TD rate. His career high out of all the seasons Derek Carr has played, which he's been healthy most of his career, 26 has been his max touchdowns. Jimmy Garoppolo, only two healthy seasons, 27 was his maximum touchdown. So I think we could see a little bit of a boost there. Why I love the Jacoby Myers. And, and if there's one guy on this Raiders offense, I will be targeting come redraft season and in best ball season already. It's going to be Jacoby Myers, boys. And I think this is something that, like, what does Jimmy Garoppolo do well? Hit receivers in space on the run and allows them to get yards after catch. That is what Jacoby Myers is so great at doing. I am curious to see who takes over the slot role. Myers has obviously been swapped in and out of the slot in his career, and so can Renfro play both the outside and the inside. Same with Adam. So I, I would almost maybe expect it a, a shared slot role here, Matt. But overall, I like Jacoby Myers. He's the one I think in redrafts. I think you'll probably go eight, ninth, tenth round. And that's someone I'm willing to invest in here with Jimmy G at the helm. So it's it's interesting. Matt, player profilers rankings agree with you. They've got him as wide receiver 21 in Dynasty. Yeah, it's I can't say I disagree with that given the situation. Right. Yeah. And I, yeah, so <laughs> I mean. I and I so I want to go back to what Seth said too. I'm a big Jacoby Myers fan. That guy's done touchdown regression was always going to come. It doesn't make sense for anybody to earn that many targets and not score touchdowns, right? Like that's why touchdown volatility is one of the things in analytic models. You kind of just throw it out the window. Like who who cares about the percentage of you know touchdowns per year when none of those stats stick? That said, Jacoby has always also been the number one target earner on his offense. He's never been the number two. There's no way he's the number one here. Yeah, no way. Yes, yes, yeah, 100%. I'm excited to see what they can do in Las Vegas. 
I think it's clear, though, we're probably putting Myers somewhere in that wide receiver three, wide receiver four range, and uh, Jimmy G somewhere in that mid-tier QB2. I think Matt and I a little more optimistic that than Nate might be on that one. Guys, let's go to New York, though. This was a fun one today. Four-year, $44 million deal for Alan Lazard, and this is another great feel-good story. A guy who was cut from multiple teams, was hanging around the end of the Packers practice squad back in 2019, got his shot from Aaron Rodgers, and made the most of it. Diana Rossini of ESPN reported earlier today that Aaron Rodgers had a checklist, uh, a wish list, if you would, of players that he wanted to see there. And I put it out there, and like we can get into the ethics of this, but like I'd, I find I have nothing wrong with that. I don't. Brady did the same thing when he went to Tampa Bay, just the timing was a little bit different. Anyways, though, I, I think this signals that Aaron Rodgers will be the Jets quarterback to me. 100%. I, I would lay the money on it. He's going to be on Pat McAfee tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern time. So by the time you hear this, Aaron Rodgers might already be the Jets quarterback. Either way, I think Alan Lazard is going to have a similar role to what he did on the Packers. It's not going to be super sexy. He's going to do a lot of blocking, a lot of the ugly uh, plays that don't get you fantasy points. But it was a wide receiver three in 15 games last season. Now he reconnects with not only Rodgers, but Nathaniel Hackett, who they had a lot of gold zone success in between the 20s. Lazard was used to go up and get those balls, climb that ladder, if you would. And I think with Garrett Wilson, um, it, it's a really perfect match. Matt, how do you feel about this? And I kind of expect Corey Davis to be cut or traded for Rodgers in this deal. So, I mean, yeah, that, that would have been exactly what I led with. There has to be an odd man out now. As weird as the assets that they have in that room, that is a very littered wide receiver room and, and somebody's gone. And I kind of think it's Elijah. It, it could be Elijah too. And I'm all right. I'm all right. I, with that. I genuinely yeah. do because they they're in a position now where just based on the wide receiver market of free agency, it was, you know, the NFL is a businessman. It was very smart of them to not make an in-season move with Elijah Moore, knowing who the free agents are in this class, um, in, in this particular, you know, it's, it's Jacoby yeah. Myers and Alan Lazard. Elijah Moore has more market value now on the free agent market in this window than he did when he was disgruntled in week six, right? So I think Elijah's the odd man out here. And not that Corey Davis is going to be anything imposing on that offense, but Garrett Wilson is enough. Like Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, Corey Davis is enough. And, and I think that puts obviously in a very similar situation to what Aaron Rodgers had during his two MVP seasons where Garrett Wilson is now the Devontae Adams of the Nathaniel Hackett offense. Um, so I feel really like Devonte's market value is not going to change very much because he's already properly valued as a high, you know, high end dynasty wide receiver one right around that wide receiver eight, nine, 10 range, depending on where your drafts are. But yeah, I, I mean, for me, I think it's all just posturing. It, it's not really collusion either. Like you're allowed to say like, Hey, yeah. Yeah. get your agents to call this team because I'm going to sign here. Like, so yeah, it's going to be electric. I'm super looking forward to it. And the question I have for, for you, Nate, is where do you put Garrett Wilson after this? Does it affect him at all? Or is he still a, a high-end wide receiver too, right around where he's going in a lot of these best balls we're seeing early on? So if Aaron Rodgers ends up in New York, he's a wide receiver one. Played and simple. I don't care who else they bring in. I don't care if Alan Lazard's there. I don't care if they hang on to Elijah Moore or Corey Davis. Doesn't matter to me. Garrett Wilson will be a wide receiver one in 2023 with Aaron Rodgers. He might be a wide receiver one without Aaron Rodgers. If they if they bungle this and it falls apart and they have to bring in someone else, Garrett Wilson's 
super talented. And look at how good he was with terrible quarterback play to mediocre quarterback play last year. And and I think why I, I don't budge as well on Garrett Wilson, and I I don't have him as a wide receiver one. And I'm there. I've always been the Garrett Wilson guy. He was my wide receiver one coming out of the class last year in 2022. Um, but I have him in that upper echelon wide receiver two range. And if Rodgers comes here, which I think he does, I think he's going to fall in love with Wilson, how he fell in love with Watson down the stretch there. And, and there was a point where Watson was a dynamic wide receiver one mm-hmm. for your fantasy team. Garrett Wilson's a, a more of a reception hog and will have a higher base than Watson will. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, this is going to be dynamite. And like, I just love this Jets team, guys. And like, like if it was them like doing a freestyle rap, they were on the stream together doing a freestyle rap over the weekend. Uh, the, the rookies there, the former rookies from the Jets. And then you, you see Sauce and, and Garrett and Brees all out there burning uh, the cheese head together. Like, that's good content, man. And like, I'm just happy for these guys because like they really seem like close friends that like want to go out and put on a show and like I'm getting my bets like locked and loaded here soon because I, I mean these odds are going to jump as well. So if you want to throw out you know uh, a Packer or a Jets playoff picture or, or at least uh, you know something on the Jets for 2023, now's maybe the time as well. Just take their overs and wins. I'm sure they they probably hit it anyway. Yeah, yeah, that was the the ticket for <laughs> like, me last year. Up. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Congratulations to Alan Lazard, though, getting paid. Happy for him. Let's move to Carolina here. They trade up for the number one pick. They give out the number nine pick, the number 61 pick, a 22 or 2024 first, 2025 second, and DJ Mother Effin Moore on the move, fellas. And how can we mind the hype here? Because we know what happens with DJ Moore every single year. He's drafted somewhere as a back end one early two wide receiver two but he's never finished better than wide receiver 16 that came all the way back in 2019 matt how do we mind the hype here with more because i think it's going to get out of control pretty quickly uh and what's your overall thoughts on this chicago is going to have to increase their passing volume to a ridiculous amount for you to really be excited about dj Moore as anything more than he's already been throughout his career i don't know if people are really aware because of how much they love dj Moore. he's never had a wide receiver one season ever not yeah, once yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so i mean i don't know if if we should yes also in that he might kind of have potentially the most talented quarterback. I don't know that um, Justin Fields has necessarily met his ceiling as a passer. That's for sure. Um, But probably the most talented quarterback he's played with since Cam Newton. Absolutely. And even then, obviously Cam, not the greatest of passers. So it's probably similar. It's probably his maximum ceiling is probably his best season, um, which was not a wide receiver one season. It was wide receiver 14. Yeah. I I think I'm right in that, that area with you. And, it was good to see a little bit of positive touchdown regression come DJ Moore's way here in 2022. And it was with Baker Mayfield. It was with, uh, with Sam Darnold, a little PJ and it, Walker. And it mixed led in there. to less points per game. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> he didn't see the volume. So with that said, Nate, it seems like Matt and I are both out on DJ Moore. Any love for him? And I, I know you're going to be one of those people who's crowning Fields already a top five QB for next year after this move as well, probably. I mean, that's not a- – with his rushing upside and a tiny bit of passing increase, yes, but that doesn't make DJ. Sorry, I'm stealing it, Nate. <laughs> Justin Fields is gonna ball. DJ Moore. So is DJ Moore. Like 
Uh, Here's the thing that we know the talents there, but look at who he's had since Cam Newton in 2019, Sam Darnold, PJ Walker, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold again. Don't forget how much he balled out in those first four games with Sam Darnold in Carolina. Like he looked like a wide receiver one and then it all fell apart when Christian McCaffrey got hurt. He's going to a team that's a little bit, in my opinion, a little bit more complete than what Carolina has because Ryan Pace is making those moves. They picked up a ton of draft capital. They're going to improve their offensive line. They've already improved their defense. And now you've got Cole Kmet, DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool. DJ, dude, DJ Moore could see 150 targets this season. He's, he's seen 150 targets every he's year, though, he, and he's terrible. No, that him. is like, not true. That is not, not true. Not terrible, but he's seen yeah. 118 targets twice. He saw 82 targets, then 163 and 135. The 135 season, he was wide receiver 16. Yeah, that's fine. But, but he it's... was, but he was dealing with an inaccurate quarterback, and we know that Justin Fields okay. is not as inaccurate he... as Cam Newton. Here, here's the well. I, I, I could argue. Um, however. I will. Uh, here's my question, Nate. And this is a thought exercise. If I'm saying right now, redraft two wide receivers, what round are you willing to take DJ Moore in? And overall, what wide receiver would you like rank him at? So for right now, I'll put him at a back end wide receiver two. Well, you just, you were just hyping I know, him up. I know because I, I have a feeling that he is going, he's going to hit a ceiling, but I'm going to need to see it for the first two games. As far as ranking him out, I'm going to rank him as a back-end wide receiver too, but I think he has that wide receiver one upside in this Chicago offense. We haven't seen it. I'm going to need to see it, but I'll t- I'll take him in the fifth round. You're not going to get him in the fifth round. I guarantee after this. You he, he'll last like, in the fifth round. No, I think he's a fourth. I mean, he's been a fourth, okay. borderline fourth. Would you take him in the like early fourth? I'll, t- I'll take him in the Yeah, I take him in the early fourth. I see that's I will be no out on DJ no Moore reward. once again. I've been out off of DJ Moore for almost his entire career, not because I don't like the player, but because we remember that first round pick. We remember that first round draft capital that the Carolina Panthers spent on him. And I feel like we can't let that go. I think he could be really good. And I think they need to use him as a shorter a dot receiver if they want to have that maximum success with him here. 100%. Matt, where do you rank Justin Fields now at the other end of this discussion? Obviously, I don't think he's in this top tier of quarterbacks. I, I think that belongs to Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, and Burrow. However, he's where do you have him in this next group uh, among Herbert, uh, T-Law, Lamar, Danny Dimes, Gino? Where do you have him in that mix? So I, I'm cutting it off at the top three. It's, it's Hurts, Mahomes, and, and Allen. Um, Burrow's not in it for you. No. <laughs> and okay. then it's okay. Burrow and Herbert. Burrow, Herbert, and, and T-Law too, if he really continues. Because um, last year was really his first year for me. So if that was his rookie season and we see that, whew, watch out. But those three guys are in that tier for me of like, you are going to produce enough passing production to be a QB1 locked and loaded, but you don't have the rushing production to be Josh Allen. Jalen Hurts, and then Mahomes is just an alien with just his passing broken, production. Yeah, cheat you know, code, yeah. Th- this is one of the craziest stats. We Just uh, kind of old to look back at Mahomes. He broke Drew Brees' all-time yards record. So the most yards in a single season, mm-hmm. c- rushing combined, even though Drew Brees' rushing yards at the time was very minimal and Patrick Mahomes had over 300. He broke it without a 1,000-yard receiver. 
<laughs> not yeah. one. Yeah. No wide receiver. That's on impressive. His, like, Very impressive. That's, that's some of the craziest stuff ever. Mahomes is an alien. That said, I would have Justin Fields in that Herbert Lawrence, Joe Herbert. Uh, Joe okay. Burrow. So he's, he's a top six quarterback for you is what you're yep. saying. Pretty much. Probably okay. six. I'll, I'll okay. concede to that. I would probably have him right ahead or behind Lamar Jackson, depending on how I'm feeling on a certain day, but yeah. Okay. And so if you have him there, you're pretty much like willing to take him probably somewhere between that sixth and seventh, eighth round range. I think that's a price higher. You would go like probably four or five single quarterback. I mean, as soon as Jalen Hurts and those three guys are off the board, as soon as one of those other three quarterbacks that I tiered him with are gone, I would take Justin Fields. That's like as soon as I see somebody reach for Burrow or reach for Herbert or reach for Lawrence, I would take Justin Fields. Okay, Nate. Nate, are you, obviously you're there as well. Oh, 100 percent. Okay, dude. 2023 is Jalen Hurts, folks. I I missed I out on know, that man. one. I'm not missing out on this I th- one. I think we're still might be a little bit, little bit early there on Justin Fields. We will see. That's the decision you guys, as fantasy managers, are going to have to make. Though, are you in on Justin Fields at that price? Or are you out? Same with DJ Moore. Right now, I'm being a little trepidatious, uh, as I have been with both of these players throughout their career. So it is a little bit of a brand thing here. Um, Nate Nate, and uh, Matt, they really like him, though. So something to consider as we move forward here. Let's talk about the Dolphins, guys. They made themselves contenders. Jalen Ramsey, big trade over the weekend. Rams are hitting that rebuild button and started with Ramsey heading down there to Miami. They also signed Mike White, two-year, $16 million. Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson also return on $2 million deals apiece for them. Does this change anything for you guys? Because I think the only thing this changes to me is that I'm more comfortable with Tyreek Hill now at his current price tag, which is going to be a back end first, if not a little bit sooner in redrafts. But he's coming off career high in targets, receptions, and yards. And that was with a a lot of backup quarterback play as well. Nate, he just smoked some people in a track race. Um, are, are you comfortable with Tyreek Hill now that we do have a sound backup in Miami like Mike White that we can trust? Oh, 100%. Because now we know no matter who's in at quarterback, they're going to feed Tyreek Hill. So back to wide receiver one. The, the, the overall wide receiver one? Uh, wide receiver one tier, probably top four. I, I'll call it now. He's going to be wide receiver three. Okay. I, I have him probably in my top two or three as well, probably behind uh, JJ and Jamar. I don't think I can draft Tyreek maybe above those guys. But other than that, Matt, how do you feel about Tyreek Hill and the rest of this Dolphins gang after uh, really restocking here? They're going for it, my friend. I, I love it for most certain Wilson too, as, mm-hmm. as serviceable running backs and flex plays. I mean, just it's Shanahan's offense. I mean, actually Shanahan's offense is Mike McDaniel's offense. So <laughs> that, you know, it, it's, it's just running back plenty for fantasy. Um, so always stash those guys at their cheap costs. I really enjoy them. I honestly think, especially for, you know, super flex leagues, dynasty leagues, go out and get as much Mike white as possible. And it's, okay. it's, it's really honestly like a dark side of things. But Mike White is one to a concussion away from being the Dolphins starter for the next two seasons. Yeah, they just uh, they just signed that fifth year extension as well. So they did commit a little bit more to him uh, with Tua there. So, yeah, I agree with that analysis there. I'm excited to see what they can do um, overall. I, I'm I'm really kind of bummed about this next one here. The next headline here. We got Eagles. They signed Rashad Penny and Boston Scott is re-signed as well. 
This means Miles Sanders, our Penn State fellow, he is gone. Uh, it's going to hurt his value, I think, unless he he lands somewhere really good for him, which I, I don't know what that landing spot is right now. To me, uh, there's been a lot of chatter. Is it Bijan? Is it Gibbs? Is it one of these other rookie RBs we've covered here at IBT, Matt? How do you feel about Rashad Penny? Does this close the door on one of those rookie running backs? Because to me, it does not. I think it's still wide open, and this is anyone's backfield, including uh, Mr. Kenneth Gainwell as well. I think the Penny signing actually makes it more likely that they attack one of those running backs. Okay. I, I genuinely do think it's it's depth uh, more than anything. Not that Rashad Penny is not a startable running back on he's any a stud team when, he's, when healthy. he's healthy. He's a stud, Absolutely. Yeah. Undeniable. Leads the NFL historically in yards per carry. Yes. Um, yes. So, I mean, absolutely a stud. There's no denying that. Has the draft, had the collegiate production and draft capital as well. Like Rashad Penny's the real deal. There's That's not, but I've said this many times. This signing doesn't change my opinion at all. They have a free first. They have a free first. And whether they decide to use their own at 31 or the one that they got from the Saints for no reason <laughs> um, <laughs> at, at 10, yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of that trade. I love Chris Olave, but being a Saints fan, I think it was absolutely insane that we moved out the pick that year and the next year to get a wide receiver. Um, that said, they have a free first. I definitely think they're using one of those on either Bijan or Gibbs, and I don't think it's crazy that they just say, you know, to hell with the market. Let's take Bijan at 10. Let's let nobody else get everybody's favorite running back prospects. They, they did. We, we have to keep in mind, though, they have lost a lot of people on this defensive side as well. TJ Edwards, uh, Hargrave went over to the 49ers, so they might think maybe they have to, but they've had guys like Jordan Davis in, in the wings over there as well to, to make up for these losses on the defensive side. So we've seen a lot of Gonzalez mock there. We've seen a lot of these these Joey Porter Jr., some of these younger corners possibly going at pick number 10 to them. But if it's not, man, it, it could be Bijan. We'll see what happens there. Nate, how, you, you've been the Rashad Penny stand on this show for a couple years now. Are you excited about Penny, or, or are you with Matt and I here that we think this leaves the door open for a rookie to come in? It leaves the door open for a rookie to come in. I love Rashad Penny's talent. Like you said, when he's on the field, the dude is an absolute baller but he's not on the field enough. And that's a problem. He has durability issues. Great signing for Philly, but I think that they're going to go after a Bijan or a Jameer Gibbs. Bijan, if they want to take a running back at 10, they want to go like Christian Gonzalez at 10, then they're going to take Jameer Gibbs at the back end of the first round. Either way, I don't think they can really go wrong with this, but they have to add another running back because we know Kenny Gainwell's not that guy. He's a good, he's a nice piece in that offense, but he's not that guy. And you, I, can't, I, you can't hang your hat on Rashad Penny being healthy for an entire season because he just simply hasn't done it. So I, I same thing that we're talking about with Mike White here, just in case they don't go after one of these rookie RBs. And, and this is such a deep RB class. They could walk away with like a Tajay Spears in the fifth round or a Chase Brown in the Sean fifth round. Tucker. Like, yeah, like, like there are so many good running backs um, in this class. So they could spend some later capital as well. However, I don't mind floating something out there for Kenneth Gainwell right now. I'm not going to spend up a lot, but if I can like get rid of like a, an aging veteran or a fourth round rookie pick or for, further, I wouldn't do it for a third. But like if you can get him on the cheap in your dynasty leagues, I would be intrigued to see what Kenneth Gainwell's value is right now. Just to see, just to see. Like I don't think he's a feature back, but if it is, if it does come down to Gainwell and Rashad Penny on the roster, Gainwell's the one you want to roster long term, I feel like. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I would agree with that. Other 
other running back news here, guys. And I will say, like, uh, Nate, I know you have kids. Matt and I don't have kids yet, or Kyle. Um, but, like, let's not let our kids be running backs. Like, I'm just going to train mine to be a punter <laughs> because I think that's the best gig in the league. Be a punter. Have some fun. You know, t- toss a little bag and, and play a little ping pong in the locker room. C- collect a couple M's and, and call it a day. Um, but the running back market has not moved very much at all. Receiver market, kind of same deal, but I think it's just the talent of receiver this year. Um, but David Montgomery, he goes to the Lions, and this is kind of a shocking move. Jamal Williams is beloved in Detroit, just like he was out in uh, Green Bay as well. This is crazy to me that they might not bring Jamal, especially from everything from the hard knocks early in the season, the hyping them up on the first day of camp to his granddad passing away right before the last game, going out there and doing that for him. It was a storybook season for Jamal Williams. Is the door totally shut on that, Nate? Is he cut? Is Jam- could Jamal Williams? Uh, do we have to say Dave Montgomery and Swift? It's their backfield now. Oh, 100 percent. They're not going to resign Jamal Williams now. If they're going to resign Jamal Williams, they wouldn't decide David Montgomery. It's just plain and simple. It, uh, Matt, true. then how do you break this down? Because Swift, obviously, we know the talent. We know 100 percent know the talent. He was one of my favorite running backs in that 2020 class coming out, just because of how dynamic of a ball catcher he can be. But last year it was the same as the year before. It was so and even more frustrating with his usage where you couldn't start a swift. And if you were for about six to eight weeks, he was killing you. So do you think it's a similar situation here with Montgomery who might not be uber talented, but he's a solid running back who can churn out yards. And that's what the Lions seem like they want to do here. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think he affects DeAndre Swift's value a little more than Jamal did. And we saw how detrimental that was to Swift's touchdown progression or production rather, um, especially with inside of the five yard line. There were so many possessions where if Detroit got inside of the eight, inside of the 10, DeAndre Swift just didn't come on the field and it would be three straight Jamal William handoffs straight in a row. So I think that this I do think that David Montgomery is more talented than Jamal Williams. That said, I think DeAndre Swift is more talented than David Montgomery. I yes, think the better yes. back is already in Detroit. I don't know if Detroit agrees with me. So much of Dynasty and, and, and redraft and, and all fantasy ana- analysis, is, especially from an analytic perspective, is all the numbers can be there and everything can point to positive production. But if... There's humans behind those decisions. If a coach doesn't have the confidence in a player or the player doesn't have the confidence in himself, he's never going to meet that ceiling. And this certainly, no matter what way you cut it, this is not a positive move for DeAndre Swift. Well, and the thing is, and to your point, Matt, if Dan Campbell doesn't trust DeAndre Swift in the red zone, he's not going to use him. And we, how many times did we see DeAndre Swift get stuffed inside the five? Bounced back. He doesn't have that power to be able to break through and score those tough goal line touchdowns, which is why they had Jamal Williams last season and why they got David Montgomery this season, because David Montgomery, again, he's a power runner. He's going to snipe so many touchdowns from Deandre Swift. I I mean, you could bank that. Okay, guys. I mean, Jamal the- literally broke Barry Sanders touchdown record. <laughs> yeah. We got Dave in the chat saying that is an important reminder. Uh, the human element of coaching 100%. Here's the question gun to your head right now. Who are we taking in redrafts here? Is it is it uh, David Montgomery or is it DeAndre Swift? Neither. Yeah, it's probably, probably what neither. they're probably both probably somewhere they're, they're in that sixth gonna, to eighth round range right now. I would say. You, yeah, 
yeah, maybe even a little later. No, no, that sounds about right if I'm, I'm playing my best ball mind. But you remember in 2021, James Conner and Chase Edmonds. It, they had essentially back-to-back ADPs. Connor vastly outperformed simply because of the insane touchdown production. I mean, you could say DeAndre Swift and uh, Jamal Williams as well, but I'm just saying it happens more frequently than people like to yes, remember. I yes. think it's going to be a very similar situation. Okay. So Matt Ward says... Say it again. What? I, was, I just want to hear it out of your mouth. The, the running back comparison. Oh, James Connor and Chase Edmonds? Chase, I like so that. You're, comparing, you're comparing Chase Edmonds to John Drew Swift, correct? Well, no, well, but he's I mean, comparing no, the situation. I'm, I'm comparing oh, the situation in the I really ADPs. wanted to hear it. I really nope, wanted to hear not it. happening. No. <laughs> I, I knew what you were trying to set it. me up no. for. That's why I was like, had to pause, hesitate, no, collect my it. words. No more no, Chase Edmonds the, the type is going to be very similar. Um, and, and certainly, it's going to be a very similar situation where I almost think in that scenario where they have almost near back-to-back ADPs or same round ADPs that – Chase Edmonds was the one that was favored over James Conner. And, and people and might Connor, still like Connor the two was the guy. Yep. And exactly. I like it. I love that analysis there. I think I'm back on Monty over Swift right now after that uh, brief down there from Matt. Let's go ahead and jump into some of the rumor mill over here with bear in mind or bullshit. This just in breaking news. Man, that sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me Welcome back to Bear in Mind or Bullshit, where we tell you whether these rumors and we're going to talk about some minor moves, whether we should be bearing these in mind or whether they're bullshit. Let's start here at the top. It's no no bigger name than Austin Eckler, who's been a fantasy darling, not only for his job on the field, but for his work inside the industry as well. He loves fantasy football as much as almost any player. However, doesn't love the Chargers right now. They have given him permission to speak to other teams to seek that trade Nate, this was a shocker. Um, it, it looks like the, the amount of touchdowns that Austin Eckler scored is not good enough for the Chargers. How do you feel? I feel like they should trade him back home to the Denver Broncos. We know that <laughs> won't happen, obviously. But look, this is BS because there isn't a team that is going to give what the Chargers want for Austin Eckler. He's 27 years old, which that's 14 years younger than me. Congratulations. I'm in no shape to be an NFL running back, and we know what that cliff is for running backs in the NFL. He's it's about that to number. Hit, yeah. He's about to hit it. And not only is that the cliff mm-hmm. for running backs, he's a very athletic running back who gets hit a lot and uses his body. It has been known to get hurt on occasion. Who's going to take a chance on that? And what they're expecting to get back for a guy like Austin Eckler, who was the RB1 last season, I don't think it happens. I don't think they can find a trade partner. Austin Eckler's a charger next season. Matt, are you also on the bullshit bandwagon here? I think so. I mean, it's it's CMC market value. And if they're not getting that back, they're not doing that trade. Because he's put up CMC level production and had similar kind of injuries. So, it, And I think, you know, being a little bit older as well and, and kind of 
used a little bit more because although CMC dealt with injuries, that also kind of kept his tires fresh because they weren't major injuries. He was just kept off the field on a tanking team. Um, that said, I don't see him moving. I also don't think it's a great idea to keep disgruntled players, you know, in their in a bad situation. Um, but it's it's impo- I think it's going to be near impossible for teams to meet the market value. Especially when you talk about what it's going to cost them to bring in a very similar level player that they could then have a, I shouldn't say similar level. That's, that's discrediting Austin Eckler's incredible talents, but would you rather spend up on Austin Eckler and, and have that cap hit and, you know, that shortened tenure or spend a third and get a right a, a player who's running back for five yeah. years? Yeah, it, it, it's a big decision they have to make. But at the end of the day, I think the Chargers, if they are serious about contending for a Super Bowl, Austin Eckler needs to be on their 2023 roster. Dude is not only a gamer with the ball in his hands in the ground, but he can catch everything that comes his way. He was the one bright spot in the second half of that Jaguars debacle in the playoffs. So I think absolutely they need to give him some sort of extension. We'll see where this goes, but you guys are saying don't hit the panic button quite yet on Austin Eckler, which I appreciate that because we've heard it a lot, whether it's been Zeke, whether it's been Derrick Henry, uh, Joe Mixon, all these running backs, Alvin Kamara have apparently been on the market, but no one wants to give up anything for them. When Especially we have a running back class that is probably, what, 15, 20 backs deep that could be serviceable. Easy. I mean, hell, I think... Isaiah Pacheco was a dog in the playoffs for the Chiefs, possibly won them that Super Bowl, and he came from the seventh round. So I think that's what what teams are keeping in mind here. I don't think they're going to overpay for Austin Eckler. However, the Saints, they're paying down for Mr. Michael Thomas. He restructures his contract to stay in New Orleans for at least one more year, folks. Uh, One more year, Michael Thomas, and he averaged 17 PPR points last season in just three games. However, he's played just 10 out of his last 50 possible games, 20%. Matt, can we reinvest our hope in Michael Thomas here? He's got Derek Carr. He was sending up the prayer emojis. Are you sending up the prayer emojis for for your draft stock in in, uh, Mr. Thomas here? I mean, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm a Saints fan, so I, I want the best, and I'm hoping for the best. And again, I've, I've had the hardest time evaluating Michael Thomas, both in redraft and in dynasty values. Now, dynasty has become a little easier, obviously. That that dip is very real, but for those injury seasons and his slight returns and, and things of that nature, like Michael Thomas has never been anything but a wide receiver one when he's on the yes. field. That's yes, that's the moment he stepped on the field as a rookie to even the times he could show up for just one game during those injury riddled seasons, or even last year for those three as the, I think it was wide receiver four in points per game overall. Like Michael Thomas is just a baller. I'm on record saying that I never thought he would play another snap for the saints again. Clearly he trusts in that franchise and wants to be there. This also might tell me, tell us a little bit of something about how the market feels about Michael Thomas. If he couldn't get more elsewhere. Yeah. Now paying, taking a pay cut to maybe the only team that's actually interested, which is the one that has them in house. Um, So, you know, there might be a bit of reading between the lines there. I love MT. I love his game. He's going to produce if he's healthy. I don't know how long his body can hold up. So Nate, are you taking Michael Thomas in your redrafts this year? Because I think I just have to stay away from it. Like, 
if he falls to a ridiculous point, like I think last year in my Scott Fishbowl draft, maybe he went like 11th, 12th round, and I literally took Christian Watson over him, and I felt like such an idiot for the first three weeks of the season. And then at the end, I was like, feeling pretty good about that decision. Um, how do you feel about it? W- will you invest in MT at all? No. Okay. Now, <clears throat> here's the thing. The talent's undeniable. Like you said, Matt, He the first four seasons of his career, he was a wide receiver one. The last season he was fully healthy. He was the overall wide receiver one in PPR. Historic season. Historic season. Historic season. He had like 135, 145 catches. It's ridiculous. It's just... But that said, he hasn't been able to stay on the field. And as a player gets older and these injuries stack up, like I'll tell you from personal experience, man, as stuff starts to stack up, it's harder to get over it. And I can tell you that from my late 20s and early 30s when I was still playing competitive baseball, it got harder and harder after every game for me to recover from being squatted down in a catcher's position. I wasn't getting hit by full grown men who are in weight rooms. I love the talent, but my concern is that he just, he simply, his body isn't healthy. He keeps three seasons in a row. He played seven games, didn't play in 2021 and played three last season. I believe the heart's there and he wants to be on the field. But if you look at what this team is and what Michael Thomas has been the last three, four seasons, I'm hands off and I could be completely wrong. He could put together a wide receiver one season. He could, if he's healthy, but I'm going to tell you right now, the odds of that happening are really slim and a hundred, it was 149 receptions in 2019, by the way, which is, that's crazy. Ridiculous. But also remember that was with Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Matt, I want to ask you this. Give me a number wide receiver. What would you be comfortable taking Michael Thomas in redrafts? 35, I, 25. I legitimately didn't even think about it. And for whatever reason, the number that keeps coming up in my head is 50. Yeah. Uh, I, he's not going to last to 50, though. I don't think he would He would last. Like that, yet. for whatever reason. And I'm I'm a Saints fan. I'm an MT guy. For whatever reason, that just is continuously. And especially with the way that like fantasy has reflected kind of the NFL getting more pass happy and, and the way that wide receivers fall or I guess go up the draft boards, go earlier in drafts. That's probably still like pretty reasonable. <laughs> I think I, I, I just think he's probably going to be in that like wide receiver 36 to 38 range again. And I probably okay, will so not like Jacoby not Myers or Michael Thomas, Jacoby Myers. Yeah. So I think oh. Jacoby's probably going to go around wide receiver 32 I'm, I, but I'm, I'm willing to make that investment, in Jacoby Myers. I'm not willing so, to. So that's my point. So am I, and that, that's where that gets kind of wishy-washy with MT. If you're putting him right in that, you gotta give me. Basically, is the way that I, I would kind of view that is if he doesn't play an entire season. Yeah, I, for whatever reason, wide receiver fifty was just the number <laughs> that came up, Brad. But if if you're talking wide receiver thirty-six and he puts up five games of wide receiver one, that's awesome. But I don't think that's worth the investment unless those five games literally outlast the entire season of wide receiver thirty-six's overall finish. Okay, last last question here, and weigh in the chat too. I want to hear your guys' response here. Michael Thomas or Alan Lazard this year heading to the Jets for Lazard? We t- chatted about him earlier. It would be Lazard all day, and it wouldn't be close to me. I, I think wide receiver, he's probably going to be somewhere in that wide receiver thirty to thirty six range. Uh, how do you rank him and Myers and 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 Thomas here, Nate? So interesting. I'm as I love to do during these shows. I love to pull up rankings to see where these players are ranked in Dynasty. On Player Profiler, currently Michael Thomas is wide receiver 122. Okay, he's that's behind. Too low. <laughs> he's behind 123's Velas Jones. 
He's behind Tim Patrick, Diami Brown, Rashid Shahid, Greg Dortch, Tutu Atwell, Mac Hollins. Okay, yes. I could go on. I would trade on. all of those guys straight up for MT in a heartbeat. Oh, sure, I don't, of course. But that yeah. just tells you that tells you where analysts are on Michael Thomas. Yeah, so, yeah. Who, who are the options against Seth? I got really excited about this one twenty-two. So you're saying Michael right. Thomas? <laughs> Me too. And I'm, uh, redraft, not not dynasty. Re- Lazard, Lazard, Myers, and 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 MT go. A Lazard, Myers, MT. Yeah, that's, that, that's where I'm at. I think that's my ranking as well here. Uh, Matt, are you on that train as well? Myers ahead of Lazard, I think, but yeah. Okay, okay. All right, guys, next one here. We got Falcons. They bolster the defense. They went hard in the trenches on day one and day two of legal tampering, and they signed Taylor Heineke to a two-year, $14 million deal for the man who was living on a couch not that long ago. So just another really cool story. I'm happy for Taylor Heineke getting a little bit of a bag here. Um, And to me, I think this at least could give Kyle Pitts, Drake London, a safe floor if it is either Desmond Ritter or or, uh, Heineke here. I prefer Heineke during that 10-game stretch of him as the starter. Terry McLaurin was the wide receiver 11 a wide receiver one overall in that stretch the best we've probably ever seen lauren consistently throughout his career but ritter did show some flashes at the end of the season with drake london kind of the only man left uh matt who do you prefer at quarterback here for the falcons and can we get excited about this team a little bit because they weren't a bad team last year it's just their damn run philosophy was absolutely insane yeah, the only team that attempted fewer pass attempts were the Chicago Bears, and it was like 0.4 pass attempts fewer. The, uh, under 25 pass attempts per game is not it, modern football. It, malarkey. It's malarkey in this day and age. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's not modern football. It's not winning football. Establish the run all you want, but that is just not how you win games in the NFL, period, point blank. Um, anywhere increasing to upwards of 30 pass attempts even, which would still be in the bottom 10 of the league, is be phenomenal. Drake yeah. London, an absolute superstar. He has the third highest rookie target share of all time. Really? Ever. Yeah. <laughs> but is that number skewed because it's so, because it's so, such because a low... of such small volume. So that's when the, you have to bring up one of my favorite sayings, denominators matter. You know, the common saying on dynasty Twitter, denominators matter. And, and exactly. It is such a small sample size, not just because you're talking about one season of play, but they literally attempted like 300 passes less than any other team. Right. So it, it's, it is a skewed sample size slightly, but they also are in a position where it's Kyle Pitts, it's Drake London. They, I would like to see them add a few offensive weapons through this this deeper draft class as well. Whether bring, they bring Zacchaeus you know, back, baby, I'm ready. Yeah, I like see, Zacchaeus, honestly. See exactly, but I like but Zacchaeus. Yeah, I, I, like I would like Zacchaeus. to see them add some more rookie talent, but it's going to be Drake London and Kyle Pitts, and they're going to earn an insane amount of targets now. Is the volume going to be there to where those targets actually turn into production? And is that volume going to be valuable enough to where those targets actually turn into production? I think Taylor Heineke is the better passer. I don't think that's really an argument against Desmond Ritter. He has a gigantic mountain to climb when it comes as far as being able to cut through NFL defenses with his arm. Um, Can certainly do it with his legs, but that doesn't excite me as far as Drake London and Kyle Pitts' opportunity shares are concerned. So... If it's not Desmond Ritter and it's not Desmond Ritter quick, I think that's what this contract says, is that they will 
put Taylor Heineke in and whether that leads to them tanking or winning games, I don't think they could care less because 2024 is the year that the Falcons are certainly going to attack a quarterback. If they don't do it in this draft, I kind of don't think that they're going to for some reason, but I think 2024 is like the Falcons are going for Caleb Williams. Yeah, I agree with you on this. I mean, worst case scenario here is that they finish right around that eight and eight range again. Um, and they are the NFC of, South. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But it also takes you out of the Drake May and the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. And I think that is where they are in right now. Like, honestly, there aren't going to be yeah. a lot of other quarterbacks. Maybe the Jets, if Rodgers retires next year and Rodgers does go there, that are are going to be quarterback hungry because a lot of them are going to be getting their quarterbacks here in a pretty solid 2022 uh, draft classes or 2023 draft class as well. So, yeah, I, I think the Falcons are on top of my list. I think Caleb Williams or Drake May could be a Falcon. We will see, though. Um, Nate, any, any interest in Kyle Pitts or Drake London this year, they're guys I stayed away from in 2022 and I was very happy with it. I know you had a little, a little more exposure to Kyle Pitts and I think you wanted to. Thanks for reminding me. Hey, um, sorry. Just got to go spade to spade, bro. Oh, much and, and and expensive shares. Oh, yeah. They were very expensive. You, shares. You, you Two and- straight years in Scott Fishbowl. I took him and, um, I don't know. I, I want to believe in Kyle Pitts because I love the talent, the skills there. But again, like we talked about earlier, Arthur Smith doesn't love to use Kyle Pitts, apparently. I mean, we've had two seasons of Pitts doing basically nothing where we're drafting him as tight end three, tight end four, and then he's tight end 12, 15, 20, whatever he's finished as. However, I'm a glutton for punishment. I'm probably drafting both of them again this year at their ADP because there's that – Drake London, I believe, is going to have a big season. Whether it's Ritter or it's Heineke at quarterback doesn't really matter to me because he's talented. But with Pitts, I'm worried about scheme still with Arthur Smith, and the scheme doesn't seem to fit. And what have what have we seen that leads us to believe that's going to change? They brought in Johnny Smith. They brought in another tight end, and he wasn't a cheap yeah, tight end. I'm not he got paid. A, he got, I'm, I'm less. I'm not as worried about Janu, but I think it, what it tells me is that they want to continue to run the ball with Tyler Algier. I don't think that they're really going to go after anything other running back wise. Oh, I think they're gonna. I think they're. Me too. I think, you I think Algier's I, dead. I, yeah. 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 <laughs> all, I, right. all right. I think, all right. I think to me, I do it, it as says, well. Yeah. I, if they if they want to run this smash style of, of ball, it's just like. I mean, it's just like the, the Baltimore Ravens. Like, jobs were lost last season because they were trying to run the ball 50 times a game with the likes of Mike Davis and Kenyon Drake. And I, I think the same could, thing could happen to Arthur Smith if he doesn't have an elite running back trying to do that shit. Like, if you want to run that offense, you need a committee. Pl- play that, stupid, that's a fair point. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. And, like, that's exactly what the Falcons could do. I'm a little more hotter on Kyle Pitts and Drake London if they don't add another one of these stars uh, or at least like top 10 wide receiver prospects, I think, in the draft. Like I know from from a a fan watching the game, I would like to see the Falcons with more uh, weapons, like you said, Matt. But at the same time, for fantasy, I do want that target share for Drake London, like you said. third, Yeah, so we'll see what happens there. But two names to keep an eye on now that I think are at least have some hope with uh, Drake London and Kyle Pitts there. Let's go to the Texans here quickly. They signed Robert Woods, Noah Brown, and Case Keenum to me. We know Case Keenum. He's going to be the guy to mentor the youth here. We're happy to see that. Robert Woods, wide receiver 59 last season in a wide receiver one role where he saw over 93 targets, Matt. You're shaking your head. You're batting your hand. Um, 
I think this actually could be like a decent landing spot for Robert Woods. I, I didn't want anything to do with him last season. However, there's always positive regression for these wide receivers two years removed from an ACL injury. So that goes in his favor, and he could be that reliable option for this rookie quarterback coming in, whoever it is, whether that's Stroud or uh, 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 Bryce Young, I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly see that point. I'm just not overly interested in and, – and, yes, Brandon Cooks has been serviceable for sure, especially when you consider cost. Um, but I'm not overly interested in, in Texans wide receivers right now. D- D'Amico Ryan's offense, uh, I would like to see it function and, and play out. Um, Robert Woods, again, yes, two years removed from that ACL. I'm glad you brought that up. But how often are they 33 years old? Um, yeah, so that's man, yeah, well. Robert Woods is getting up there, yeah. So, right, I mean, it, it is. It, it's something to consider as well. Now, I, I like Bobby Trees. I, I like him a lot. I love his game, and I think he's going to be serviceable on that. Texans team I think this is bye-bye Brandon Cooks um Noah Brown had some good games as well um in a kind of shorter target role for the Cowboys nothing really moves the needle here for me it needs what would move the needle for these receivers for me if I see the Texans draft a solid quarterback in this draft um a CJ Stroud Bryce Young maybe it's Anthony Richardson whoever it may be, that's going to excite me a little bit more as it stands right now. And you assume that they're going to go in that direction as it stands right now, though, knowing a rookie quarterback is probably who's coming in. Um, and if they completely whiff on that, potentially a veteran replacement, a la Baker Mayfield or something, it's just year one, Robert Woods in Texans offense doesn't do it for me, man. Okay. Okay. Fair enough there. Nate, I want to ask you to Samaje P Ryan in the Denver Broncos, your Denver Broncos do it for you. He signs a two-year $7.5 million deal with possible $1 million in incentives. Chase Edmonds, of course, cut just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but but Sean, we know, we know Sean, man. We know Sean Payton. He loves Latavius Murray. Latavius out there on the streets right now. I think he's a Denver Bronco. I think they bring him back. However, as of now, it stands as P. Ryan. And then eventually when we get Javonta Williams back, do you like P. Ryan? Because he, he was a, a, a RB3 last season, and he's probably going to go as a value once again here. I love this for Denver. We've heard that Javante Williams and the injury might be a little bit worse than we initially thought. And he may, there's a chance he misses the entire 2023 season, which I think is what this signing is saying. Like we're going to prepare ourselves for Javante to be out this way. We've got Samaje, we've got Latavius Murray. We've got Marlon Mack. Is that the greatest cast of running backs for what is supposed to be a really dynamic offense with Sean Payton out the helm? It's not great, but serviceable. It's serviceable. And You've got to remember that Piran's been behind somebody else's entire career. He's never been that lead back, and it's probably not going to change much in Denver. We're probably looking at a committee until Javante's back. But you should note he averaged 4.78, 4.47, and 4.15 yards per carry the last three seasons behind Joe Mixon. That means something to me, that he can have that four-plus yards per carry average when he's getting spot work. But then we've seen him used heavily at times, and he's, he's effective. Plus, he's a guy who can – he's effective and he can score. And I think people forget that the year that him and Mixon were together at, I believe it was Oklahoma, Pirine actually had a better season than Mixon. So – and that's nothing against Joe Mixon. Obviously, college ball is completely different. We're talking about Oklahoma, not Cincinnati. But I think it's something to bear in mind that like, he had 51 targets last season. And this is an offense that did not have a pass catching back once Javante went down last season. Could Samaje P. Ryan be in for 100 targets in Denver? 
I don't think that's crazy. Whoa, that is great. That's like maybe, the same bullshit you were on with JD McKissick last year. Let's take a fucking seat. McKissick had 110 targets in 2020. Seth. Don't 2000, forget that. 2020. Sure. So you, yeah. you can see. Here's the thing with P Ryan is that he's never had more than a hundred carries in a season outside his rookie season in Washington. So relatively fresh legs for a 27 year old running back that you're not, you're not breaking the bank for. And that's the thing is you're not breaking the bank for this guy. He has fresh legs. He doesn't have much of an injury history. I'm, I'm writing the headline now. Nate Nate's 2023 all in selection. Samaj P Ryan. Samaj P Ryan. That is not I, it. I, Here's I I like P Ryan and I think if he's gonna go as an RB five like he is on underdog right now I will continue to draft him at that price tag. Sure. However, I'm yeah. going to expect his ceiling is not his, his ceiling is in that wide or RB three range once again. And that's if Javante doesn't come back, but if Murray comes back, I really don't want much to do with him. I don't think uh, Matt. Any final thoughts here on on, uh, on P Ryan and Nate? This is a despicable human being throwing out a hundred targets <laughs> for fucking P Ryan. God, I think it's a huge indictment to Javante Williams' health. And although it's a, a low level signing, probably viewed on the market, um, I think people are getting overexcited about Javante's recovery and. As far as the the beats and, you know, no news is usually good news. So a lot of like misleading, he's doing good. He's going to come back here. He's going to come back for training camp for week eight for might miss the whole season. Honestly, how would you feel about J.K. Dobbins 2022 season if he had that knee injury in week eight instead of the preseason? Terrible. Instead of the preseason. That's how you should feel about Javante Williams. Yeah, so, so the, the, I, I like that, man. I like that you're straight to the point, no bullshit, because this was a, a one of the worst ACL tears you can have. I'm not a doctor by any means, but it was, it was no, on it the... Was multiple ligaments and meniscus. Yeah. Brutal, absolutely yes. brutal. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Which I, was I, what JK had as well. I think, Trump. if anything, Javante could be worked back towards the end of the season, and maybe that's what we're seeing with this. Um, but either way, final note here. We don't need to discuss it, really, but Sam Darnold inks a one-year uh, $4.5 million deal with the San Francisco 49ers. Congrats to Sammy. Congrats to Sammy, man. Like I think there's a chance, knowing the 49ers' luck, that Sam Darnold will be playing at some point <laughs> this season. I don't think it matters yeah. for fantasy, but there's a chance with their luck, man. God bless that that fan base, those Niners faithful, man, because they put up with a lot of shit. But this is just Kyle Kyle uh, Shanahan saying, I'm not getting caught with, with you know, my, my feet tucked between my legs this year and not having a damn quarterback in the NFC Championship. So good on you, Kyle. Good on you, Sam. Good on you, Niners faithful, baby. All right, guys, let's go ahead. Let's jump into it and round things out tonight with uh, a final round of Ring of Fire. Ladies and gentlemen, we got something real special planned for you tonight. This is The Ring of Fire, featuring our special guest, Kyle Scott. Now y'all, saddle up, strap in. We're going to have a real good time. Ring of Fire. And we're bringing in the fireman himself, Mr. Kyle Scott. Kyle, how are we hanging out there? We we getting ready for this game, my friend. 
Howdy, howdy, howdy. Uh, yeah, we're ready, I think. I mean, it's it's a classic game. It's Ring of Fire. We all know how to play, but just in case, it's a simple card game. Seth is going to be flipping over a card, uh, quote-unquote. And uh, depending on what's on the card, we're going to be answering a question or a prompt or something of that sort, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. We, we tried to gear these questions more free agency based so we could talk about some of the shitters moving around the league. You know, we got we got to give some love to old Nate's uh, 2021 all in John U. Smith. So, uh, you know, I had to make sure he was in this as well. Kyle, let's uh, let's hit the dusty path here with the first <laughs> card, brother. All right. Five is going to be five guys. So you're going to have to pick the correct answer out of the five players. So okay. the question being... Who scored more rushing touchdowns in 2022? So Tyler Algier, Devin Singletary, David Montgomery, Ooh. Antonio Gibson, or Latavius Murray. Oh, there he is. Big Papa Murray, baby. Matt, start us out, man. Uh, you can take your pick and then we can work up the ladder here. Uh... I, for some reason, because he got so hot towards the end of the season, I think it's only like we're talking like five touchdowns max between all these guys. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Algier. Oh, okay, okay. N Nate, where are you rolling here? Are you going Algier too? I think it is Algier. I think it's Papa. I think it's Papa Murray, baby. I think it's Papa Murray. I th dude, he went on a run where he was getting like. 50, 60 yards a game and a tutty every single time out. He was very money. So I'm going to go Papa Murray here. We got two for Algier. Kyle, what, what's that right answer, my brother? The correct answer is Latavius Murray. Oh, he had six rushing touchdowns. Tyler Algier only had three. Let's go. Where was Monty on that list? Like four or five? Did he have five? He had five. Yeah. Okay. Antonio okay. Gibson had right. three and Singletary also had five. Okay, okay. That was good. Good question there, Kyle. Uh, let's flip this next one here. See what we get. All right, so Jack is going to be... Oh, there we go. Never have I ever. Kyle, are you in on this game as well with us? Yeah. All right. Matt, I assume you've played Never Have I Ever? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. All right, so basically those those new to the show, what we're doing here is we basically go go down the line here saying something you've never done, try to get someone out here. Three strikes, you're out. Uh, Kyle, why don't you start us out this time, man? What do you got? Sure. Uh, never have I ever been to Canton, Ohio. Oh, damn. All right. All right. <laughs> Boise's down one. Down one there early here. Yeah. Nate, what do you got, brother? Oh, never have I ever been to a soccer game. Okay. Uh, like oh, a, just like, I got two strikes on this. What level of soccer game, Nate? Uh, above third yeah. grade youth soccer that I had to. Oh yeah. No, time. I've, I've been to MLS games quite frequently. I'm talking like <laughs> college professional soccer, nothing competitive. Okay. Never have I ever shit my pants in public. <laughs> oh i'm still clean <laughs> all right all i don't right. me either you. me either somehow can i challenge you can i put it can i play a challenge card go a red me. flag <laughs> are you challenging me kyle yeah what have i shit my pants with, uh, in public I don't know. you just seem like you have 
I've just almost, yeah. I've almost shit my pants in public. I think we've all almost shit our pants in public, but I have no, I have not. I just does work for some reason. I just don't believe you. I don't know. Hey, does guys. work count as public? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I was working in a shop and I sneezed so hard I hit my head on a workbench and sharded at the same time. So I'll <laughs> All, right. That. All right, Nate, go ahead and drink, buddy. You're out. You're out. Three strikes and you're down. Kyle, let's uh let's flip one or two more cards here and then call it a night, my friend. Sure. All right. So King is gonna be King of the Times. Everyone answers a question about the current time of year. So how do you hope to spend the first weekend of March Madness? Ooh. Ooh. All right. Matt, are you a big March Madness guy up there? And uh... <laughs> Winning money. Okay. That's how I hope to spend the first week of March Madness and the second week and third and fourth. Okay. Matt, who's your pick? You got any upsets for us this week we should be tailing? Um... You riding Penn no, State, baby? You riding yeah, Penn State? Yeah, I mean, I was I'm actually about to say that. I was like, I might <laughs> Let's have to go. go. You're bowing a little bit. Like, yeah. there, there are a few. Um, Femi's got a, a, a whole system going, too, that I'm, I'm tailing a lot of his. But no super upsets. I got, like, no 16s or 15s, if, that were, if that's what you're saying. Uh, hey, no. A, a, anything that's plus money for the underdogs and upset in my book. So, no, I feel you there. For me, guys, like I love this time of year. Like I'm not a huge college basketball guy. I'm not going to pretend to be. Between NFL and NASCAR, I don't really keep up with uh, anything outside the normal NBA storylines. But there's something about this first weekend of March Madness. Thursday, you better believe I'm going to be sitting here doing some work, getting ready for some shows. But we're also going to be watching some March Madness. Saturday, I got some of my Boise's coming down. We're going to post up downtown at a little bar here in Penn State. Going to watch the boys. Uh, this is the first time Penn State's in the tournament since 2011. So it's a big deal here. Ooh. I'm really, really excited about it. We're going to post up, hopefully, hopefully a couple beers, hopefully a couple whiskeys, hopefully some good Morgan Wallen vibes in the background, you know, on those touch tunes. I like to run that a little bit. Um, <laughs> Nate, uh, you hit you hitting it up with us? What are you doing here for March Madness, my friend? So I used to be an enormous an – I did a bracket every year. I filled out other people's brackets. I didn't know anything about college basketball for them. Because they're like, I don't know what I'm doing. Please do this for me. He's like, I got you. Then I started working in the fantasy football industry. And my brain doesn't have the space at 41 years old for college basketball <laughs> at this point. So I hope to spend it sleeping in. That's what Ooh. I'm looking for. I want to spend lame. this first weekend of March Madness. Lame. I'm sorry. I'm I'm old in season, Seth. Like I've like, been there. Like Matt, but I said, do have a pick for the tournament. It's Kansas. Okay. Kansas is going to win. Oh, oh that's shock. Two P. I don't <laughs> I don't buy it. Kyle, what do you got for the tournament? I, I, I know you might be on the road traveling because you know you're you work for a college athletic association yourself. But if you weren't, how you posting up this weekend with the games? Well, I'm just going to say it all really depends on if Pitt, if Pitt wins tonight. Uh, they're they're in the play in, and uh, I live in Pittsburgh and uh, work for Pitt. So, them winning tonight is going to be pretty big for my weekend. Do you have to go to the game if they win? No. Okay. But, okay. I mean, we might get free stuff. For, okay. Okay. Mm, vibes. Cool. Vibes would be high down Swag. there in the Berg for our guys Kyle and Elliot. That's for sure. Yeah, they're, that, cur they're currently down by one to Mississippi State with 15-28 left in the half, second half. Okay, so okay. 
we got Brad in the chat. He's saying first weekend of March Madness tea party with my two-year-old daughter. All right, get her in Love on the it. fun, baby. As long yeah. as your, your tea is a little bush light, Brad, I don't think it'll kill you. You know how I goes. don't think they have bush light in Australia, Seth. Nah, they should change that real real quickly here. <laughs> Kyle, let's flip one more of these cards. Fosters. Let's see what happens. Oh, Jack. Nope, can't do it again. Two. Nope, not is. doing that one. Don't want to do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Three is me. Answer a question about yourself. So describe your ideal boys trip. Matt, we'll throw it to you, man. I know they throw down a little bit All harder right. up there in Canada. Um, <laughs> ideal boys trip. Are you, you out on the golf course? You out on the lake? What are you, what are you doing up there in uh, old Canada? Ah, man, I mean, I'm getting a little up there in, in, in the age as well. I mean, actually I'm not that old. I'm only 32, but <laughs> I, I don't party like I used to that. That's for sure. So an ideal boys trip for me. I mean, I like, yeah, night on the lake. I like to go fishing still. I mean, I okay, haven't gone there we go. You know, fi- fishing with my dad in a long time. Part of the reason why I'm thinking about moving back East, um, little fishing, little campfire, a lot of drinking, Maybe a little bit of something else if we're feeling a yes, little sir. Yes, interested, sir. you know, um, there's a reason that I like all these fancy colors. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it, man. A nice wood cabin too. Like I don't need no electricity and all L- that stuff. A little like, darkness I mean, retreat put, for put you. Put your phones away. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe well- <laughs> a little Aaron Rodgers darkness retreat. Let's just go there. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So Matt's taking a little ayahuasca trip down here. A little, little, <laughs> little darkness down to Oregon here. Uh, Nate, how are you spending a boys weekend? No kid, no Jen, nothing to worry about. Where are you at? No fantasy. What are we doing? Well, put me on the golf course for two 18 rounds, two rounds of 18 holes. Um, and I want to go to a sports bar and just watch a ton of sports, have some beers, and get to bed at a reasonable hour. Oh, okay. <laughs> that doesn't happen with me and my friends. Or even with no. you, Nate. Go on. No, wait, but that's at, why I want it to happen because it at, never happens. At, at the Fantasy Football Expo, Nate and I are up chugging beers on the parking garage at 4 o'clock a.m. Sun's coming up. God damn. Yeah, that's true. We did do that. Kyle, you and I, we're trying to have a boys weekend here in a couple weeks. Scheduling conflicts, you know, ruining that a little bit. But uh, what are we doing for the boys weekend? What's ideal here? I don't know. I mean, uh, pretty similar to everyone else's. I mean, I'm cool with the mountains. I want some crisp mountain air. Okay. Wouldn't mind some water features, a little lake action on there. I just want a nice campfire. Yes. Nice. Yes. Something, I, something like that. I agree. There's nothing beats hanging with the boys around a fire. Like, if there's a fire going, I will. St- I, I won't go to bed a reasonable time. I'll be up there till the next day. I don't give a shit. I love fires. Everything about them. Mountain pies. Uh, smelling like fucking smoke for a couple of weeks. I'm all about it. So. I yeah, I'm with you there. I, I think you guys pretty much summed it up. That's where I'm at. Like good vibes chilling like we do here on the podcast but you know in real life so i I greatly appreciate everyone tuning in tonight if you guys already subscribed to the channel please do so now we got a lot of cool content coming your way here uh for the rest of the 2023 off season um nate i'm really excited what we got coming down the pipeline but before i talk a little bit more about that uh matt how can we best support you our friend 
Um, you can best support me by downloading the Brodo Fantasy app. It's free. You can get it anywhere. It's where all of our content is, all of our exclusive stats, our podcast is on there. It's got everything. Everything you need to become a fantasy football expert of your own. And you can also follow me on Twitter at PsychWardFF. Awesome. Well, Matt, thank you. Nate, Kyle, appreciate you guys bringing the energy, bringing the vibes tonight. We'll be back here next Tuesday, but we got a lot of content here on the YouTube channel between now and then, so make sure you subscribe. Make sure you're tuning in. Uh, we'll be back here soon, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until then, enjoy the rest of this NFL free agency period and keep it in between.